Jadip Prabhu, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School White Paper Series podcast today. I think you've been looking at the recession and innovation and the best way to keep companies afloat. Is it right to start cutting back immediately you get into trouble? I think that's the most natural response. Whenever times are tough, uh, managers uh, first panic and then start cutting costs. Um, and I think the logic or the underlying reasoning is is somewhat obvious. Business is really about two things. It's about money coming in and money going out. And when the money coming in starts to dry up, then you have to, in order to balance the books, start to reduce your costs, the money going out. So I think it's a natural response in a recession. But if you keep doing that, presumably you could end up with just one man and a dog yeah. and, and your whole company disintegrating. So there must be another X factor to make it a success. I think uh, the problem with that, with cutting costs, is of course it's a natural response, but I think it ignores um, the the bigger picture, if you may put it that way. So as I said, business is about money coming in and money going out. And just focusing on costs ignores the fact that there may be opportunities now to not just reduce costs in an obvious way, maybe to, to change your cost structure to reduce it in a very creative, systematic way, but more importantly, to think about the revenue side of the equation, to think about how you might creatively start to increase the revenue side of your model, even though, of course, times are tough and that's going to be difficult. Um, you know, uh, the tough times might actually force you to be creative about thinking about how you might innovate in order to offer people reasons to buy your products or services and therefore increase your revenues in that, in that way. So you're talking about creativity and innovation because one follows from the other. So in fact, what you should do is just sort of get your workforce together and, 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 and start chatting about what to do at least rather than just saying, well, here's uh, the door. Uh, I've got to make you redundant. Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, you, you don't want to uh, be paralyzed. And you don't want to be uh, sort of mechanistically cutting costs. But I think it's important then to ask ourselves what innovation is all about. Uh, so chatting is certainly a start. Thinking is, is a start. You've got to think differently. And then you've got to organize differently. Um, so uh, if we think about innovation, what is it really? It's about successfully commercializing new ideas. And there are various types of uh, ways of doing this. You have so-called process innovation, which is just a better way to manufacture and distribute your products and services. That could be one way of cutting your costs creatively if you do process innovation. Uh, there's product or service innovation, which is new ideas that you can commercialize to gain uh, more custom, uh, to get people to pay more or get more people to buy your products and services because they're better. Uh, so that's one way to increase your revenues. And in increasingly recently, there's been an interest in so-called business model innovation, which actually goes beyond just looking at your operational side or your revenue side, but looks at the whole system, your revenue model and your cost structures. And thinking creatively about the whole system might be a, a more creative uh, response to a recession. So that's about introducing a new business model, if you like, yeah. going back to, to scratch and, yeah. and putting your heads together and getting around the drawing board. Absolutely. So actually, the recession or tough times might be an opportunity to go back to, uh, to basics, to ask yourself, what does our business look like as a whole? What is our revenue model? What, is our, what, what are our cost structures? And how can we use the 
the pressures of the recession to really rethink how we do business. So you've got a story of Amazon, and it's now famous for when it sold books through the internet, the long tail story, isn't it? Can yeah. you tell us? Amazon is a very good example of business model innovation. Um, and uh, as I said, business model innovation is about rethinking your cost structure and your revenue model. Uh, Amazon has aspects of both. Uh, but let's talk about the revenue model first. Um, they hit upon, uh, in this case with, uh, with the advent of the internet, a way to engage customers who were not being served before, the so-called long tail. These are people uh, who are maybe many in number, but uh, tend, to, uh, tend to want to buy rare or infrequently uh, bought books. Uh, now, traditional, the traditional business model, which is bricks and mortar retailing, did not and could not serve these people. This long tail was essentially ignored because uh, of uh, the way traditional bricks and mortar retailers do business. They have a physical location and there are limits on how, ma how many books you can store in a physical location. And of course, uh, from a cost perspective, and this is why we have to look at the cost side as well, it becomes too costly then to, to store rare books or infrequently bought books. So Amazon was able to tap into this long tail and serve them uh, a part of the market that was underserved. Well, why couldn't the bricks and mortar book retailers copy that model then? They haven't been able to, have they? Uh, it was very difficult for them to do that. They did, once they'd noticed Amazon's success, start to think about uh, what made Amazon so successful and how they might then imitate Amazon. But the problem was uh, they had a business model in place, a very different business model from the one that Amazon uh, had introduced. And business model innovation involves change. If you have an existing business model, changing that business model becomes very hard because it involves systemic change. You have to change your revenue model and you have to change the underlying cost structures that accompany it. So uh, what's the uh, revenue model and accompanying cost structure for a bricks and mortar uh, business, a retailer? Well, they have high street locations. They have real estate that they pay for that they have to maintain um, and, and they have to work within that. Amazon had the advantage of being able to do away with that completely. So they didn't have to worry about, and they started from a blank state, so they didn't have to worry about uh, having to, uh, to do away with their existing investments, whereas bricks and mortar retailers had to worry about that. So you can say that tough times do bring about change, that, that actually you then get that business model innovation. In fact, uh, if you think about the bricks and mortar retailers, uh, and if they wanted to change their business model seriously, um, they would have uh, encountered resistance within their organization, particularly if things were going well. Why change when things are going well? Why, why try to cannibalize your current investments, uh, especially when that model is working? you might uh, get more support within the organization for change, for serious systemic change, when times are tough, when it looks like your current model isn't working and you've got to really think about ways in which you're going to innovate around your revenues and the accompanying cost structure. So in fact, I, I would like to argue that recessions and the tough times that accompany a recession might be an opportunity for companies to bring about change that leads to business model innovation. And, and that indeed did happen with the Procter & Gamble story, didn't it? The Procter & Gamble story is a very interesting one. Now, it's not necessarily the case that they were responding to uh, a recession, but they were 
facing tough times as an organization, as a company. And uh, so if we look at Procter & Gamble around the year 2000, it was uh, a very successful company uh, with a long history, uh, but they had been doing things in a particular way. And if we look particularly at their business model in terms of how they did innovation and R&D, it was a very traditional business model. Um, they had huge investments in R&D. They did it all in-house. They employed a huge number of uh, scientists uh, with advanced degrees. Um, and they had huge R&D budgets. Um, they had a large number of patents and so on. But that model was not working for them. Uh, they were facing essentially stasis in, in terms of their revenues. They had very big brands um, that had significant market share, but there was very little growth uh, on the revenue side. Um, on the cost side, costs were increasing. Costs of maintaining a brand because there was competition. They had to spend more on advertising in order to compete with competitive brands that were almost as good as their brands in terms of product features and so on. So in terms of revenues, there was no growth. And in terms of costs, costs were increasing. So this was crunch time for Procter & Gamble. And this, um, these tough times became an opportunity to do radical systemic change around their business model for innovation. And they did that, didn't they? They cut the R&D costs and, and uh, increased their product success rate too. So that's just what others should emulate and copy. Or are the formulas for success during recession more individual than that? It's worth, it's worth examining, again, what exactly happened at Procter & Gamble. So I mentioned they, you know, they had an existing in-house R&D model, uh, and that wasn't working, and they decided to systemically change. And what they did was they moved to, from research and develop to something they called connect and develop, uh, and they embraced this idea of open innovation. So what they did was to look outside the organization to their ecosystem, this large global ecosystem of partners that they had. And these could be uh, their customers, they could be their suppliers, it could be the academics that they engaged with, the universities that they had uh, ongoing research with. And they realized, you know, even the biggest organization, even organizations like Procter & Gamble do not have all the interesting ideas. There are many interesting ideas, there are more interesting ideas by definition outside even the largest organization than there are within. And they thought, well, let's try and engage those, those ideas. Let's engage those people, those partners, and use them, in a sense, as a source of interesting ideas. So that's the connect part. And then we will develop the best ideas from outside with our existing operations. So what that resulted, that was a complete uh, turnaround in their business model around innovation. Um, the, the, the cost structure changed dramatically because instead of trying to do everything in-house, you now could uh, draw on the market, which could be more efficient. Connect uh, and develop. Connect and develop. By connecting with external partners, they could actually draw on those resources and, and reduce their R&D spending, their, or at least the percentage of uh, their sales that were spent on R&D. So that was on the cost side. But by accessing interesting ideas from outside, they were actually able to also improve the performance of their new products. They were actually able to introduce more breakthrough products, so their revenues went up. So you can see how the business model has changed dramatically. So as a result, they came out of this whole process of transition a much stronger company. So basically what you're saying, Jadeep, is that they looked externally in times of trouble. They didn't just... Uh, retrench and look internally. Yeah. They, they basically looked over the horizon and reached out. So, so that 
in itself is a lesson whether or not you then do anything else that that actually that external environment needs embracing. I think that's a very interesting observation, Bonnie. You have to do two things. Uh, You have to look outside and see what are the opportunities outside, but you've also got to take a very close look inside. You've got to do some soul-searching and really change the way you operate inside as well. So the outside part probably could affect the revenues and to a certain extent the cost. But looking inside certainly changes your, your operation, your operating system, and, and therefore your cost structure. So we seem to be saying, let's have recession more often, because that's the way we get change and development in society and within uh, companies and firms. I guess I wouldn't push my argument too far. I think uh, recession is, n- is not something I would wish on anyone. Um, but of course, there are uh, a, a fact of, uh, uh, of modern capitalist uh, economies. Um, and so what I'm saying is that while recessions are bad things, uh, things that we would not wish for, uh, one should not be carried away by panic. Uh, one should not uh, turn inwards. One should not be paralyzed. Uh, on the contrary, uh, one should think about recessions as bad things that offer opportunities to do good things. So it's creativity and innovation are our catchwords. Absolutely. Responding to hard times by being creative and innovative. Okay, Jody Prabhu, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School White Paper Series podcast today. Thank you, Bernie.